Hey guys, welcome. I want to give a special shout out to Mr. Jim Francis, who is a faithful follower of our class, our remote class. And this is the song that he would have chosen or has chosen if he would to be uh, saved in a mission and needed to hear some music knowing that he was going to be saved. So again, big shout out to Mr. Jim Francis, very good friend, faithful follower. Uh, let's get started. So we uh, are officially in the late 1990s, and today I hope to bring you up to 1998. And tomorrow I want to take away, I want to do this, spend the entire day talking about what happened um, in 1998 because it's really important. So we've talked about five of my favorite thinkers that impacted modern day jihadism, gave you some terms about modern day jihadism. Now today, probably the most notable modern day jihadist is a man by the name Osama bin Laden. Just a quick review, he was born in 1957. His dad was a billionaire, Muhammad Awud bin Laden, uh, and his mom was Hamada al-Atas. She's actually Syrian. Uh, he was the 17th child of 52 children. If you recall, um, his father, greatest rags to riches story ever, basically built up Saudi Arabia. Um, lots of notes from back in the day. If you forgot, hit me up. We'll go over that again. In 1979, Osama bin Laden graduated from King Abdul Aziz University with a degree in engineering. If you remember, 1979 is one of my favorite years in world history to teach because so much happened from the Iranian hostage crisis takeover to the start of the Soviet Afghan war, plenty more, but that's not for today's uh, story. So in 1979, immediately after graduating with his degree, he uh, went to Pakistan and there he used his, his money. He, he um, inherited a ton of money from his father, as well as his dad's construction equipment to fund the Mujahideen and fund this jihad of fighting the Soviets. And again, I know I've said this countless times in class, but Osama bin Laden's first issues were not with America at all. We were on his side during this war. It was against the Soviets. It was against the, the evil communists. Um, night by 1988, he uh, officially created Al-Qaeda, which translates to the base, and his first official meeting with a couple of his buds occurred in 1988 in Pakistan. And basically, they were kind of high-fiving each other, being like, oh my gosh, it's looking like we beat the Soviets. So what else could we do? Like, could we potentially turn this into a global jihad? And so this is our first best friends bunch meeting of potential global jihad. 1989, February 15th to be exact, the Soviets left Afghanistan and Osama bin Laden returned to Saudi Arabia to work for his father's construction company. In 1990, the Persian Gulf War began. This is really pivotal because Osama bin Laden reached out with a proposition to the king of Saudi Arabia, basically saying, don't go to America for help. Come to me. I've got men. I've got supplies. And if you recall, the king of Saudi Arabia uh, turned to America for supplies and men. Um, and that greatly irritated uh, Osama bin Laden. And so he ended up openly criticizing not just America, but also Saudi Arabia. And as a result, the king of Saudi Arabia kicked uh, Osama bin Laden out of Saudi Arabia and froze all of his assets. So at this point, it's now a matter of where is Osama bin Laden going to go? 
He's got his mindset on global jihad. He's got his best friends bunch and nowhere to go. Uh, if you recall, a couple weeks ago, we talked about Al-Turbai, the new king of Sudan. So this man opens up Sudan to Osama bin Laden, basically saying, you have full freedom of my country. I'd like you to help build my country like your father built Saudi Arabia. Uh, but you please come to Sudan. So in Sudan in 1990... Osama bin Laden, his four wives and multiple children moved to Sudan. And basically, it's in Sudan that he forged links with militants across the Middle East as well as North Africa. And these are these original men that worked with him in Sudan will be the men who participate in the uh, terrorist attacks in the 90s. Uh, for example, uh, the World Trade Center bombing in 1993. And it's here in Sudan that he evolves Al-Qaeda Al into a global uh, network. So let's bounce to 1993. 1993, uh, it's believed that Osama bin Laden has access to uranium and he wants to use this uranium against the Christians in the South, but it's too ex expensive to cultivate in Sudan. Uh, 1993, like I said before, we also have the World Trade Center bombings. This was organized by Ramzi Youssef and Omar Abdal Rahman. He's also known as the blind Egyptian sheik we've talked about. This was a 1,500 pound bomb detonated underneath the garage of the World Trade Center. Six people People were killed. Thousands were injured. Uh, Yusuf got away. Just so you know, he was arrested in 1995. He's currently in a supermax in Colorado. 1993, we also have the Waco siege. We also have the Battle of Mogadishu. Lots happening in 1993. 1994, the Rwandan genocide. 1995, the Oklahoma City bombings led by Timothy McVeigh. He was a Persian Gulf War vet. Uh, he greatly reacted strongly to the Waco siege. Um, if, if you remember, this was the the botched uh, um, Dravidians that were uh, uh, housing weapons, and then they were surrounded. Anyway, we we talked about that. But exactly two years after the Waco siege, Timothy Timothy McVeigh attacked. Um, he killed 168 people, including 19 children. He was executed in 2001, and he made it very clear. He was very open that his bombing was in retribution for the Waco and Ruby Ridge deaths. In 1995, there's also the Bajinka plot. Uh, this was, Bajinka basically means explosion. And this basically was a, it was a plan. It was a large scale, brilliant technical plan to, uh, for jihadists to get onto 11 planes unnoticed and blow them up over the Atlantic. It never happened because Yusuf, the guy I mentioned before of the World Trade Center bombings of 1993, he was making bombs in his apartment, set his apartment on fire. Oops, and got caught. Um, 1995, we also have the Dayton Accords. This is when we talked about Yugoslavia. Do you remember it was genocide in Europe? Kind of crazy all the things that went on in the 90s. I know none of y'all were born yet, but still kind of crazy. Let's bounce to 1996. Osama bin Laden is asked to leave Sudan. And why is that? It's because the United States president, President Clinton, he saw him as a nuisance. Not a threat, but he saw him as a nuisance. And he basically told Al-Turbai, look, that guy's causing problems. Get him out. So where is he going to go? Well, the man doesn't have a passport. So Al-Turbai set up an, an arrangement for Osama bin Laden to make his way to Afghanistan. Um, and this is the connection, the first connection between Osama bin Laden and Mullah Omar, who was the founder of the Taliban. Now, I kind of skipped over it, but keep in mind, by 1994-95, the Taliban have fully taken over Afghanistan. All right, so, so much, so much is going on right now. In, on uh, August 23rd, 1996, Osama bin Laden issued his fatwa 
Uh, that's what I had you read for homework. It's very lengthy. It's very extensive. It's basically um, calling up all Muslims to to um, attack um, Americans. Um, also at this meeting, and this is meeting is in Tora Bora, his mountainous cave um, wonderland that he had created. He met with Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, and they discussed uh, possibly attacking America with the use of planes. And they referred to that Bajinka plot that never took place. So really important stuff. On June 1996, 19 American soldiers died in a bombing of the Kobar military complex in Saudi Arabia. If you remember, um, General Shepro, who was in our class, he was there, and that's when he—that's when for him it was such—it was a moving part of his speech—is when he realized that. There's a true terror threat in the world. Um, why were they there? They were there to patrol the no-fly zone that was created in southern Iraq right after the Persian Gulf War. All right, let's bounce to 1997. 1997, Osama bin Laden has his first interview with, the West, with Western media. He told Peter Bergen, that, who's now a CNN an- analyst, that the U.S. is unjust, criminal, and tyrannical. He also did take credit for the Somalians that attacked Americans in the Battle of Mogadishu in 1993. So here we're starting to make a lot of connections between Osama bin Laden's thumbprint around the entire world. Um, Also, in 1997, court documents prove that he had ordered the militarization of East African Al-Qaeda cell. Really important for tomorrow's podcast about the bombings in 1998, which were by him. Um, So what I leave you with is an introduction to 1998. In 1998, in January, Osama bin Laden and Ayman al-Zawahiri, really, really, really important guy. We've talked about him before. Um, They officially merged. Zawahiri, he was the head of the Egyptian Islamic Jihad. Uh, Zawahiri had his mind more of this kind of near-closed jihad, like in Egypt. And so they come together and merge this global movement. In February of 1998, they... uh, issue another fatwa. It's the International Islamic Front for Jihad on the Jews and Crusaders. Uh, And basically, this is killing Americans, even civilians, anywhere in the world. Um, In May of 1998, um, another fatwa went out where he termed the U.S. Army as the enemy of Islam. And he also published a statement called the nuclear bomb of Islam. And basically it stated that it is the duty of Muslims to prepare as much force as possible to terrorize the enemies of God. So I leave you with a lot of information that he's really amping up um, his writings, his publications. Uh, And this is going to throw us right into the lap of these massive bombings tomorrow. Um, I hope you enjoyed our lesson. And uh, Ms. Francis, if you're listening, I thank you for the song. Uh, the rest of you, if you have songs you want to be incorporated, hit me up. Stay healthy, be happy, make good choices. Now this nation